<clears throat> Morning, church. The singing is always good, but there's always those songs that we seem to know a little better, a little more energetic, or maybe we're just excited about going to heaven and seeing Jesus. There just was some extra energy in that song. It's so encouraging. If you're visiting with us today, you are our welcome guest. We are in the middle of a series. We're called The Meaning of Membership, and we have a free book for all of our members, <clears throat> visitors. <clears throat> Excuse me, if you'd like to take one on the in the foyer in the back, it looks like we're down to 23 books, plus or minus. Um, it's a free book. We want you to take it. You can mark it up. You can dog ear it. We'd like for you to read it as a family, husband, wife, with your kids, because in America, people don't value being a member of the Lord's Church much anymore. And so we want to encourage you to read this. We want to encourage you to be better church members, stronger church members, um, good Christ followers. So we're kind of talking about what does it mean to be a, a church member? So today, I prepared an average sermon. Some of y'all might say, what's different? I want to talk to you about being average. Because sometimes we settle for being average. Now that word average means different things to different people. So let's talk about average a little bit. If you bowl, a perfect score in bowling is 300. That means you're perfect. But on average, beginning bowlers bowl 90 to 100. Professional bowlers bowl 250 to 275. So average means different things. In baseball, when you go up to the plate, if you get a hit every time, you're batting a 1,000. That's perfect. In 2012, on average... Most players, most teams in major leagues, their batting average was 255. 75% of the time, they didn't get a hit. But on average, their score was, their batting average was 255. If you play basketball in the NBA, if you hit every shot you make, you shoot 100%. But on average, teams and players shoot about 50%. So average, it means different things to different people. Average. Status quo, middle of the road, average. God didn't call us to be average. When God called Abraham, he didn't say, I'm going to give you an average name, I'm going to give you an average land, and I'm going to make you into an average nation. God said, I'm going to give you a great name, and you're going to have a great blessing, and it'll be a great land and a great nation. Sometimes we settle for being average. I mean, think about it. When you're dating, do you want to go out with an average person? When your kids start dating, do you want them just to go out with average people? As a boss, do you seek out average people to work for you? At the job interview, do you tell your boss, you know, I'm just looking for an average boss with average pay, average hours. I'm just kind of an average worker. If you heard your wife, if you overheard your wife saying, you know, the reason I married my husband is because he was average. How would that make you feel? Do you raise your kids to be average? I mean, if your kids come home with A's and B's, you say, now listen, listen, I didn't raise you to be great. I didn't raise you to be extraordinary. I raised you to be average, so you need to back off a little bit. Average. Sometimes we settle for average. Sometimes we live average. 
When you uh, go to the store, we don't want to buy books on average. We buy books on greatness. We buy books on how to have a great job, a great attitude, great kids, great finances. We don't want to be average. We don't want to go to average movies. We don't want to go to average restaurants. We don't want to go on average vacations. We don't want to pay average. We don't want to be average. And yet, as on a day-to-day basis, we sometimes live average. I came across this article by Craig Jarrow. He says, why you must raise the bar higher to succeed. Most people are happy with average. They embrace the status quo. They even fight to maintain the status quo, the average. They set expectations low to prevent disappointment. They don't know what good is because they're satisfied with mediocre. Average expectations get average results. Average begets average. It's true in the workplace. Average managers hire average employees. Average goals deliver average results. Average compensation attracts average talent. And in life, average habits bring average results. Average behavior results in average relationships. Average goals sustain average lifestyles. If you're happy with living average, just keep doing what you're doing. But God didn't call us to be average. God doesn't want us to be average. What if for one day, what if for one day you decided, I'm not going to be average today? What would that day look like? What if for one week, what if for one month, what if for one year you decided, I'm not going to live average. I'm going to live great because God called me to be great. What would that look like? When it comes to your Christian life, Do you want to live an average life? Do you want to have an average faith? When the storms of life come, do you just want to have an average faith to encounter those storms? Do you want to marry a person with average faith? Do you want your kids to marry someone with average faith? Do you want to have an average God? Do you want to have an average Savior? If Jesus was just average, would that be okay? Average. One of the reasons, one of the reasons that we're talking about being a church member is we don't want you to be average church members. We want to be great church members and we want to have a great church because God calls us to be great. Because listen, listen, church, if you're a Christ follower, there's certain things that you believe. You believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You believe that Jesus came to this earth to die for our sins. You believe that our lives matter. You believe that eternity matters. You believe that we're called to make a difference here. And if you believe those things, then you can't be happy with living average because God doesn't call us to live average lives. So why would we settle for an average life on a day-to-day basis? To be a Christ be a Christ follower means we're salt, we're light, we're called to be different, we're called to be influential. And you can't be influential if you're just like everybody else. That's called average. God calls us to be great. God calls us to have great faith. So let me tell you a story real quickly about a guy in the Bible. Maybe you've heard about this guy. You can read about him in Judges 6 and 7. His name was Gideon. And God came to Gideon because Gideon forgot who he was. And Gideon was happy with living average. And so God came to Gideon. Here's what's going on when you read in Judges chapter 6. As you read through the book of Judges, there's a lot of times that God's people are under oppression. And in Judges 6, they're under oppression from the Midianites, which means the Midianites came and they camped on the land 
They ravaged the land. They ruined the land. There was nothing left for them. Scripture says that they took everything and they ruined everything. And so God's people cried out. And God responded, as God always does. And God calls Gideon. You want to know what God's people are doing in Judges 6? They're hiding. They're hiding in the mountains. They're hiding in caves. They're hiding from the Midianites. You want to know what Gideon was doing? He was hiding. He wasn't living a great life. He was living an average life. He was threshing wheat in a wine press. He was down in a hole hiding. He was down in a hole threshing wheat. You're not supposed to do that down in the ground, down in a hole. But they didn't want the Midianites to know what they were doing. They didn't want the Midianites to get their wheat. So he was hiding and the Israelites were hiding. And God comes to Gideon and he says, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Not the Lord is with you, average warrior. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Now, this is huge. Because Gideon didn't feel like a mighty warrior. Gideon felt average. This is huge. Because on a day-to-day basis, we live average. And if God came to us and called us and said, mighty warrior, we'd say, no, no, I'm average. I'm just an average warrior. God, I'm hiding. I'm scared. I'm scared of the Midianites. I'm scared of that next doctor's visit. scared of my husband. I'm scared of my financial situation. I'm scared of what's going on in the world. God, I'm not great. I'm not mighty. I'm pretty much average. You know how I know he thought he was average when you read in Judges 6? He says, Lord, how can I save Israel? I'm the weakest. My clan is the weakest in Manasseh. And he says, I'm the least in my family. He says, you know what, Lord? I'm not even average. I'm least. I'm below average. So why are you calling me? You've got the wrong person. And you know what God says to Gideon? He says, you know what? You're right. I got the wrong house. I'm just going to go on down the road and call someone who's great. Now, that's not what God said to Gideon. You need to. You looked at me like you believe that. You need to turn to Judges chapter 6 and you need to read that. But Gideon says, you know what, Lord? You got the wrong guy. Because I'm least. I'm average. And that's how we live a lot of times. If God calls us, we're like, Lord, we're like Moses. Lord, can you find somebody else? I'm least. I'm a nobody. I'm average. Well, if you keep reading the story of Gideon, Gideon asks for a miracle and the Lord gives him a miracle. And he asks for a miracle and he gives a miracle. And God takes Gideon and through Gideon, God empowers Gideon to do some great things. Now... Here's what I want to tell you today. Do you want to live an average life? Do you want the preacher when you die to say, well, they lived an average life, best average person I ever knew? Do you want people standing around your grave saying, you know, best average friend I ever had, best average husband, best average wife, best average boss? Is that what you want people to say about you? They lived the best average life I've ever seen. If you're happy with living average, just keep doing what you're doing. If you're happy being an average church member, just keep doing what you're doing. But God doesn't call us to live average. God calls us to live great. Average is how we live our lives. Greatness is what God does through our lives. 
Gideon was living average because that's what he was doing. And God said, Gideon, I want to do great things through you. So, if you want to live a great life, let me share some things with you from the story of Gideon. Number one, if you want to live a great life, you need to tune in to God. Kind of like on the radio station, you're kind of going back and forth and you get a lot of static until you tune in to the right number. Maybe we're listening to too much static. Do you want to believe what you believe about yourself or do you want to believe what God believes about you? Because God says, mighty warrior. Do you want to believe what you believe about yourself or do you want to believe what other people believe about you? I think we need to believe and tune in to what God believes about us because God calls us to be great and God calls us to make a difference and God calls us to be salt and light and God wants us to be influential in this world. You can't be influential if you're living like everybody else. That's called average. God calls us to make a difference. So we need to tune in to God. Listen, God knows your name. God knows the hairs on your head. God knows what you do on a day-to-day basis. God knows everything about you. God knows what you're going through. God knows your struggles. You need to tune in to what God says about you. God calls us to be mighty warriors. Life change happens when you see you as God sees you. You need to tune in to God. Number two, if you want to live a great life, you need to believe God. God told Gideon, Gideon, I'm with you. Do you believe that, that God is with you? Do you live your life believing that God is with you? Do you get up each day believing God's going to be with me today? You need to believe God when He says, I am with you. God's with us Every single day, every single hour, every single minute, every single second, God says, I'll be with you. He told that to Gideon. Jesus told that to his disciples. God's been telling his people that for a long time. I'll be with you. And yet we live as though God's not with us. We need to believe God when he says he's with us. The Bible said if God's for us, if God's with us, who can be against us? If God's with us, we're not going to live average lives. If God is with us, We're going to realize we're called to be mighty warriors. If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, we're not average. If God is on our side, we're not average. If God is with us, we're not average. How do we know that God is for us? Because He values us. How do you know that God values us? You determine the value of something by what is paid, and God paid for us with His Son. That's how valuable we are. God says, I love you so much, I value you so much, I'm going to send my son to die for you. That's how valuable we are. So if God sent Jesus to die for us, why are we living average lives? God calls us to greatness. God calls us to be influential. Number three, if you want to live a great life, then you need to surrender to God. You see, the real question today is not, is God going to be with me? The real question today is, Are you going to be with God? Are you going to be with God? Are you going to surrender to God? Are you going to give your life to God? Gideon could have said, go get somebody else and not surrender. Gideon could have said, I'm just average. Go get somebody else. But he surrendered to God and to surrender to God's will and surrendered what God wanted to do in his life. And greatness followed. Not because he was great, because God did great things through him. Listen, folks, 
This isn't a positive thinking rally. This isn't a, let me build you up for one week. This is life change that happens. This is about reaching our full potential in Jesus Christ. When we surrender to God, we reach our full potential. Unless we settle for average. Unless we're perfectly content with being average. So let me tell you the story about John Baker. In the early 1960s, John Baker was in high school and he was average. In fact, he was described because he was inches shorter than most of the teenage Albuquerque teenagers. He was considered too uncoordinated to run track in high school. And all he wanted to do is run track. And he begged the coach, can I run track? Can I run track? Can I run track? And the coach is like, I don't need you to run track. But the coach was interested in another kid in school by the name of John Halen. And that was John Baker's best friend. So Baker so wanted to run track that he told the coach, Hey, if you let me join the team, I'll get him to join the team. And the coach is like, Okay, fine. And it worked. And Baker became a runner. The first meet that year was a 1.7-mile cross-country race through the foothills east of Albuquerque. Most, high, most eyes were focused on Albuquerque's reigning state cross-country tr- <laughs> cross champion, sorry, Lloyd Goff. Immediately after the crack of the gun, the runners took off. They ran for about four minutes. At the end of four minutes, they disappeared over a hill. And so the coaches with binoculars, they're watching and they're looking. The coach nudged an assistant and said, here comes Goff, the defending state champion. And he looked a little closer and he said, it's not Goff, good grief, it's Baker, the uncoordinated kid that he didn't even want to have on the team. Leaving a field of startled runners far behind, Baker crossed the finish line alone. His time, 8.03 for 1.7, a new meet record. The coach thought, well, that's kind of a fluke. And so the coach entered him in other events, and the result was always the same. Every single meet, he always won. In fact, by the end of his junior year, Baker had broken six state track records, and during his senior year, he was proclaimed the finest miler ever developed in the state, not even 18 years old. He decided in the fall of 1962 to enter the University of New Mexico in Albuquerque and stepped up his training. Each morning he would run the streets. Each day he would run 25 miles. In the spring of 65, when Baker was a junior, the most feared track team in the nation belonged to the University of Southern California. And they were coming to Albuquerque to annihilate, is what everybody said, to annihilate the Lobos. The mile, they said, would fall to USC's big three, Chris Johnson, Doug Calhoun, and Bruce Best. All of them had better times than John Baker. Baker led for one lap, and then he kind of eased back. He kind of fell back to fourth, and the other runners are like, what's going on? So they kind of ran hesitantly. With 330 yards to go, Baker kicked into his final sprint, but he collided with one of the USC runners, and he almost stumbled and lost 330 yards to go. On the final turn, it was Johnson and Baker neck to neck. Finally, at the, at the finish line, he raises his arms in a V for victory. It was the third worst defeat for USC in 65 years. The Lobos went on to win every single event because they were so inspired by Baker. Baker. 
Well, let me take you back to high school. In high school, that first meet, when he so shocked his coach and everybody else, they asked him, what in the world happened on the backside when nobody could see? He said, the thought went through my mind. Am I giving my best? And I decided right then and there that I wasn't. And so I just started picking off one runner at a time. I just went one runner at a time till I was ahead of everybody. Am I giving my best? If you're average, you don't give your best. God calls us to greatness. So let me say this, since we're talking about being church members. When it comes to being a member of the body of Christ, when it comes to being a member in the local church, are you content with being an average member? Our next lesson, which will be our last lesson, is how to be a great Member. But let me say this. You know what it takes to be an average church? You have average members. Average churches have average members. And average members are average Christians. And average Christians have average faith. Why would we expect anything else when we live average? God came to Gideon and said, I'll be with you, mighty warrior. And God comes to us today because God wants us to live great lives. God wants us to be influential. God doesn't want us to be average. He didn't send Jesus and say, just go down there and do an average job. God calls us to greatness. And this church can be great if our church members live great lives. But again, average is how we live our lives Greatness is what God does through us. So the invitation today, the appeal today, is for you to allow God to work in your life, for you to allow God to do something great in your life. If you don't, you'll live average. God calls us to greatness. Will you repent? Will you give your life to God? Will you give your heart to God? Will you allow God to do something great in you today? If you need to repent, if you want to be baptized, if you want to have your sins washed away, if you want to start your life over, that's the invitation of Jesus. If you need to meet with our shepherds so that they can embrace you in prayer, you can go to the back. If you need to respond, would you turn your heart to God as we stand and sing?